time for some movers that you missed. Overlook stocks, according to George Tillis. Our contributor joining us from Salt Lake has found three movers in uh, today's action in particular. Some big uh, winners for the most part, George. Uh, let's talk uh, Shift first. Uh, this is an uh, industrial company that makes uh, bodies of trucks. Like uh, They make the chassis for different types of uh, heavy-duty trucks and stuff. Is that right? Yeah, they do. That's part of their business. But the, the Shift uh, Group is an industrial company, OJ, but they actually manufacture specialty parts as well as assembly vehicles for both commercial as well as recreational use. And in part of that is chassis and truck bodies, okay. frames essentially for recreational vehicles like motorhomes. Sweet. But also tractors, uh, yeah, and dump trucks. So oh, they're very, nice. uh, diverse in terms of the, market, the markets that they actually serve. Uh, but essentially, the other thing is is the uh, the the aspect of fleet vehicles. The other uh, component of their business was actually is the largest component, about seventy five percent, is fleet vehicles. And so I call Shift really the box truck company because that's where the majority of their sales are. They have class one through seven, which includes various sizes of trucks that are used in everything from like mobile retail for delivering goods locally, things like laundry trucks. Uh, that's essentially what uh, the Shift Group also uh, produces automobile uplifting, in other words, modifications that are used for uh, delivery vehicles like Amazon, which actually is mm. about 23% of their total sales. Ding, ding, there you go. Amazon connection, yep. market loves it. Raymond James upgrades it. And I'm liking it too, because in this B-roll coming up, oh no, there it goes. There's a truck that says wild man on it. And I like it. Uh, all right, George, so uh, pretty cool company, industrial themed connections into Amazon. Uh, stock's been pretty choppy. Uh, what in particular woke it up this yeah. week? Uh, I know they had earnings that first led to a sell-off, but then just ripped right back. Uh, but I don't know what to believe, GT. I mean, this was an earnings-driven sell-off, not the broad markets kind of Russia panic it went into. This uh, this earnings caused some serious selling. Yeah, so I'll say I don't have all the exact figures, but if you just look at what happened this week, it's pretty remarkable for the company. And I think this was a, an opportunity uh, where essentially there was a lot of algorithms that just sold. And they sold really based upon guidance uh, for, for EPS. But the reason is actually justifiably so, and I'll explain in a sec. But essentially, the company reported revenues and earnings. They beat both off top and bottom line. Sales were up about 61% year-over-year, year, but net income was up 168%, so that's about three times or uh, two and a half times uh, sales. So generally, that, that bodes well for a stock, but you saw a huge sell-off, and I think it has to do with the fact that the EPS guidance for fiscal 2022 was expected to be $2 a share, and at the midpoint, they said it was only going to be 180 but shortly thereafter, they initiated or did disclose a $250 million share buyback. So I think once this started to manifest, we saw a huge sell-off and then a rebound, uh, the range on the stock was extremely, extremely large. I think it was, uh, you know, close to, you know, ten dollars at one point in time, and that's a big move uh, from a from a move variance low to high uh, in just a few days for a company which I think uh, got oversold because of the fact that the reason the EPS guidance was lower was based upon the share buyback and nothing really to do with any of the fundamentals of the business. So I think this is really a secular play on e-commerce and has that tailwind. The other thing is it's an EV play. Uh, you think about the aspects of last mile delivery. Uh, you have to think about tax credits. And, and Shift is one of these players that is focused uh, not only on just commercial uh, heavy-duty vehicles, you know, like, like RVs and so forth, as well as dump trucks, but also I think what, importantly enough, is the relationship they have with Amazon, but at the same time, 
various classes of, uh, of box trucks uh, that they actually serve in the marketplace. So there's so much uh, available to the customers. They also do customized modifications on a, on a per customer basis as well, as well as for large fleets like Amazon. All right, nice. Um, so an interesting one to keep on our uh, radar is industrial yeah. and uh, possibly a uh, kind of cyclical theme, but uh, given the delivery side of it, you do wonder uh, if uh, the big e-commerce boom from the last two years will uh, create some hard comps. It kind of seems like it got some of that with the guidance uh, being uh, too far below analyst expectations, even though they're cranking out profitability and, and top line sales compared to what yep. folks were looking for in the trailing. It was the forward look. They came a little bit shy, so they did get some of that exactly. COVID boom. All right, interesting. But still, um, they've got other markets, uh, you know, to um, sell into as well. He's mentioned with That's the dog exactly trucks right. and stuff. All right. right. Okay, so it's not like a uh, it's not like an e-commerce stock. It's still truck stock at the end of the day. Uh, George, let's uh, let's talk another one uh, that's interesting. You've got a couple bizarre uh, names for us, George. TMST, Timken Steel in Industrials and Materials. Uh, why not just uh, good old U.S. Steel X? Uh, where does Timken play? Yeah, so Timken's actually a smaller player. Market cap is uh, is less than a billion dollars, but they're actually a producer specialty uh, mechanical or machine steel. So they're more specialty versus maybe raw steels that are used in other production, uh, larger component production, if you will, or scalable production like Nucor. But they make precision parts uh, and specialty alloys that are for mechanical tubes, uh, alloy joints and, and of course uh, roller ball bearings. That's really where their history uh, history stems from. It's uh, it's ball bearings which are used in all sorts of mechanical, uh, industrial, mm. and again commercial applications. So they serve so many different markets. You know, auto, oil, and gas, construction, mining, all of the goodies that are going on right now. Rail, aerospace, also, uh, and agriculture. So you know, just look at what the markets they serve, uh, they're in the right spot, I suggest, at this point in time. It's really a cyclical stock. If you look at uh, the price action, it's nearing uh, a one-year high. There was some good price action as of the last week on companies like Steelcore, uh, Nucor, if you will, and U.S. Steel. And the other uh, specialty steel companies like Steel Dynamics, they've actually traded quite well. So they're commodity-centric. I think they're, they're also sort of an inflation hedge. But also, again, if you think about the nature of uh, demand and supply constraints, these are these are companies that have uh, pricing power in this, mar in this environment. The report was really good. Uh, they did report earnings. 80 cents was the number, beat the estimate of 60 cents. But compared to last year, they only earned a penny. So that was a huge uh, exponential move in earnings for uh, the same quarter compared to last year. And sales actually beat with uh, sales up about 62 percent year over year. And that's phenomenal for any company that's in the commodity space, uh, like Timken Steel. So, uh, you know, you got to think about the nature of inflation, producer prices, uh, and the demand for specialty alloys and materials. We've talked about uh, car carpenter technologies and Allegheny Steel. Uh, these are, again, a couple of specialty uh, steel manufacturers for the aerospace and defense industry space. Uh, and I think that's maybe why we're seeing some nice movement in Timken, which is another specialty steel and alloy company. Okay. Uh, so a good week for materials, uh, a pretty steady uh, favoritism that this um, sector has been getting by investors lately. It's been pretty reliable, uh, making new highs. Uh, Tim can steal pushing back towards its uh, year-to-date highs and a rare chart out there that is trending upwards, not just bouncing back today, yes. trending higher now for months. I mean, it's a kind of a gradual trend. It's not a steep slope in Tim Ken, but uh, it's right. doing 
uh, uh, nice steady work here. The five-year look uh, actually is a pretty nice demonstration of this too. Uh, really interesting uh, find there. Okay, Georgia, last one. SDGR, Schrodinger. Okay, so we talking physics here or what? Well, not quite. A little bit of physics, OJ, but this is an interesting company. I'll say why in just a sec, but it's really a healthcare information company or information services. That's the industry group Schrodinger is actually in, but it's basically healthcare software that is used in drug discovery, research, development, uh, both on the clinical as well as in the, uh, in the, in, in the uh, uh, research uh, areas. The other thing is, is they serve both private and public sector markets. So I'm going to really look at it as basically a research uh, software system. It's cloud-based. It's got recurring revenue in that regard. But its focal point is, uh, is really for, uh, for biotech and medical research. I mean, they've got partnerships with major uh, research institutions like MD Anderson out of, uh, out of Texas. The other thing is, is they have a huge uh, partnership and a collaborative deal with Bristol Myers, when in fact, which is in fact is worth uh, uh, milestone payments, about $2.7 billion. And the reason I say milestone payments for the company is that uh, when they actually reported earnings, they demonstrated sales growth about 24%. Software sales growth was up 55% year over year. So where's the rest of the growth coming from? Well, what's interesting about the company is, is they not only sell the software, that is used in research. They actually have uh, agreements, these milestone agreements, that if the drug if there's a positive drug discovery and revenues generated from it, that they actually have a partnership in in with uh, those uh, those lucrative drugs that are developed utilizing Schrodinger software. So it's kind of a hybrid-based way of, of making money. the The challenge with that, unfortunately, is is that the the uh, milestone payments are variable. They're sort of hit and miss. Uh, and that's maybe why we're going to see some volatility in stock. But I think it's a really novel business uh, strategy in the sense that they're actually selling the software and generating collaborative, uh, uh, you know, profits from the uh, from the sales of discovered products that are, of course, developed using using their software. Now, I will say this: the the interesting thing I found is is that one not interesting in the fact that it's a software company is down year over the last year seventy five percent. But I did discover that they actually have a collaboration agreement with Bristol Myers worth, uh, if they hit the, the total milestones of about uh, 2.7 billion. If you look at the market cap, it's around 1.7. So that milestone alone with just that one partner is worth more than its total market cap. So I think this is an interesting company. Uh, I think it's going to be a, a, a growth rebound kind of story. Uh, but I think it's one to keep on a watch list just because the stock was up nicely today. Again, one trade, one day doesn't make a trend change. So you have to keep that in mind. But overall, uh, you know, a nice price uh, movement post earnings for this company, which, again, is really a novel technology, but also uh, a novel business model in the uh, in the drug dis uh, discovery industry space. OK, so uh, an interesting one that's been totally uh, thrown out uh, that potentially uh, can have some uh, ties into some pretty, pretty cool stuff. One that uh, we saw work during COVID uh, with uh, uh, the software, um, you know, ability to uh, look in this case for uh, genetics, uh, but um, also a lot of potential uh, new use of that technology and trying to identify areas in the genome. Right, a lot of this has become highly, highly software based, uh, but pretty much everything. Right within like the biopharma space got totally overshadowed by COVID. So if there wasn't like a direct relation between a company's business and Pfizer, Moderna, uh, J&J, right? Like the market just uh, 
really was pretty unforgiving. So maybe it's time uh, for a new regime to emerge post-COVID GT that's not just about vaccines. We'll keep it on our radar. Schrodinger, healthcare, not physics, not the cat. Thank you, George. Cool cat. Mr. Tillis joining us from Salt Lake.